Welcome to season two of the Saints Podcast. I'm Ben Godfrey. I have been your host for season one. And for season two, I am so excited to be joined by a co-host, Shaylin Back. Hello, everybody. You might recognize my voice from being a co-host for the Latter-day Saint Women's Podcast for the last couple seasons. And also, I joined Ben for the first season of Saints just for a few episodes, and I love the Saints Project. So I am really excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here with me, Shaylin, as a co-host for this season of Saints. And we're grateful to have you, our listeners, with us. Since the last season of Saints, we've had an incredible amount of very positive feedback and some great suggestions on things we can do to make Saints podcasts even better. With your feedback, we're going to make a few changes. One of those changes is that we're only going to be covering one chapter per episode. So we invite you to read along or listen to the chapters. They are available in your Gospel Library app and online. And then listen to our podcast. The podcast will go in-depth on different parts of the story that maybe the book only passes by in reference. The experts that we have will help us explore some of these topics in greater detail and would give greater understanding to the story that you're reading. We've invited some great guests to be with us and share their experiences and insights into these topics. We have members of the Primary General Board. We have historians and scholars and general authorities and other experts. And we'd invite you to interact with us. You can email us at saintspodcast at churchofjesuschrist.org. We'd love to hear from you with your questions, your feedback on how we can improve and make the show even better. So welcome to episode one. And today we have the special opportunity to talk about volume two of Saints and give an overview of what you can expect to read. And to start us off this year, we have in the studio with us Elder LeGrand Curtis Jr., who is the church historian and recorder for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a General Authority 70. Welcome, Elder Curtis. Thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Elder Curtis, can, can we start off by having you tell us just a little bit about what it is that the church historian does? Well, that's a really interesting question. It's a position that began in the early days of the church, and we have had, for most of the church's history, someone assigned by the president of the church to be the church historian. And one of the main functions originally was to keep the history, to be the writer of the history as things went along. And as the church has gotten bigger, that still remained the same in that we still, in the church history department, we collect the records of the various units of the church around the world. We have annual histories done by the different stakes and wards and missions and branches and districts that come to us and we preserve them. But over the years, as we have developed a history, then we have also the responsibility to preserve those records and then make them available for people, but also to tell the story of our history. And so we have a department that's involved in doing things like writing saints. Well, speaking of writing saints, since this is our first episode for this season, thinking back now to volume one, we know a little bit about how that's gone, but can you tell us from your perspective, has Saints Volume 1 been a success, and how are you measuring that to know if we've accomplished what we set out to do? I think that we have seen, because of what has happened with Saints Volume 1, a success both quantitative and qualitative. The reaction has just been phenomenal in terms of the number of copies sold, in terms of the number of views 
on digital channels. It's just been remarkable to see the breadth of the coverage. I get that reaction from people who have read it. I was in Italy recently talking to members of the church there in terms of who've been reading it in Italian and people different places reading it in English or in a, in a different language. I think the real measure is not just how many people have read it, but the kind of impact that it's had on people. Number one, it has helped people to understand better our history, to know stories that they hadn't heard before. So what has been the overall sentiment? The overall sentiment's been very positive, very good. Part of what we wanted to do was to have a telling of our history that was told in an engaging way. And I think the narrative style has really accomplished that extremely well. One of the few complaints I've heard was somebody saying, it doesn't read like James Talmadge's works. That is true. (laughs) And and I think the point made was he was used to a, a style aimed for somebody with a larger vocabulary than the typical person. Whereas we consciously aimed for something that from youth on up would find engaging. Not that it's a simplified version, but it's told in great language that you don't have to run for the dictionary every so often to know what's being said. Let me share with you a couple of reader quotes. So we've had hundreds and hundreds of reviews. One reviewer said, Another girl went home and told her mother what she had been doing the last two days. Unbeknownst to me, her mom is critical of some of the history. She began to throw out cut-and-paste arguments for the Internet. This young single adult, because of listening and reading the book, Saints, began to help her mom understand the context and the full extent of the stories, adding that when she was speaking to her mother, she felt like she was being empowered. I love that that Saints was able to help this young woman. Let me read you just a couple more here. The most refreshing thing about the book Saints is that it does not hide the fact that the men and women of the early church were flawed individuals. Even though they had been called to some of the Lord's most important work, their human frailties and weaknesses came out over and over again. But this didn't stop them or the work. The repentant and humble were still allowed to be instruments in the hands of the Lord, and their struggle is our struggle. Each of us is called to move the Lord's kingdom forward, notwithstanding our limitations. To me, it is a testimony of the divinity of this church. Even with all of our human frailties, the work rolls on. Seeing the weaknesses of these saints did not damage my faith. In fact, it strengthened it. That was one of the most impactful things for me in reading saints is to connect with with the people that we may or may not have heard about. I love learning about the people. And so, Elder Curtis, I just had a question. What led the decision to include such personal stories and tell the narrative from so many individuals and their stories? I think that it fits very well with the name of the book, Saints. The idea is it's talking about the people. Yes, it's talking about the institution, But it's an institution made up of people that started with just a handful and now has grown to millions. I think that there is real power in seeing these women and these men as individuals who had some of the same struggles and hopes and dreams and disappointments that we have. When you read how they faced some of the challenges Then when you come back and say, okay, I've got this calling, I'm supposed to call these people, I'm supposed to teach this lesson, I'm supposed to hold this meeting, 
you take courage from the fact that we've been doing that now for a long time, and you now get to see the way the early sisters and brothers did it. That goes right along with this. This is another quote from a reader. My favorite aspect was learning about everyone involved, the regular individuals included. They weren't perfect, but they went about their daily lives trying to do right. They overcame significant challenges and accomplished many great things along the way. I love what you said there, Elder Curtis, that we too can sort of take heart in the fact that you know they did it and we can do it. We can apply that to our own lives. Tell us about Volume 2. You've read the book. You've had an opportunity to review it along the drafts as we've gone. What do you think will people will be talking about as they are reading Volume 2 of Saints? One of the things that they'll experience is the pioneers coming across the plains. Because it's included within this time period, we're going to see the monumental effort it was to help the people get out of Nauvoo and out onto the plains, even as they're being threatened and being forced and having to leave possessions behind. I think it's going to be very helpful because we all have heard pioneer stories. Well, you get to read about incidents that are well-documented that will show the courage and the strength of these women and of these men. I don't want to spoil the ending for anybody, but after some real difficult times here in Utah, this volume ends triumphantly with the dedication of the Salt Lake Temple, which I think for members of the church all over the world, this is a great symbol, if not the symbol of their membership in the church, is that magnificent building that took decades to build, and we didn't lose it. We held on to it, and the Lord accepted it as his house, and the glorious spiritual manifestations as part of that whole thing make for just a magnificent conclusion to this volume. So you've mentioned some of the stories and events that readers can look forward to. And as you were reading volume two, Elder Curtis, are there any stories that really touched you or stuck out to you? One of the things that really stood out to me was how President Wilfred Woodruff dealt with the issues surrounding the termination of plural marriage. Another story that really means a lot to me is what was evidenced as the saints were leaving Nauvoo, that they made a covenant that they weren't going to leave the poor behind. And that was not just a collection of idle words that Brigham Young was determined that they were going to use all the means that they had to help the poor to come along. Now, you think of the practicalities of that, of having wagons and having supplies and having food. It's an important part of our march to the West that we didn't want to leave anybody behind. Elder Curtis, what about Brigham Young and the Nauvoo Temple? There are a couple of things about the Nauvoo Temple. Number one, they, of course, were building it right to the last moment, and then they started doing, under the direction of the Quorum of the Twelve, they started doing temple ordinances. And the people, with all their hearts, wanted to receive those ordinances. And the time came where Brigham had said, okay, we're done, we need to go west. And the people were still there and still coming. And with a remarkable charity in his heart that just characterizes Brother Brigham, he let them keep doing those ordinances. And 
I've got ancestors that were among those very last to receive their temple blessings before they loaded up what they had and went west. In your assignment as church historian and as a general authority, you have the opportunity to go and to visit with various stakes. Are there any experiences you've had with people that have read saints that it's been impactful to them? And and if so, what's that been like as the church historian? It has been very gratifying to have people express their appreciation for having this volume. And it's interesting. They welcome having an official history that we have. But what they really seem to appreciate is the way the stories are told and that we get to see the warts that people have as well as the very positive things about them. You read about the missionary journeys of early members of the church, and it ties into people's own experience with being missionaries or having been taught by the missionaries. I think of times that I've visited with members of the church after a state conference or before a state conference, and they have told me how grateful they are to have this collection of stories that all go into the one big story of what it means to be a Latter-day Saint. I love that you called it a collection of little stories that go into the larger story. So it sounds like the reaction to Volume 1 has been very positive. And I'm just wondering, in your interactions, have you heard from people what they're looking forward to in Volume 2, or are they asking for sneak peeks or anything like that? What are they excited about? I have had people volunteer to be uh, reviewers on the, on the book. <laughs> I've had people want to know well, when is it coming out. I think there is great anticipation for it. The numbers, by the way, that we're seeing of people who have taken advantage of reading the first few chapters in the gospel library would bear that out. We're ahead of where we were on volume one in terms of the number of people that are viewing that. And how are people using the book? I mean, of course, reading it personally, and but I'm just wondering too about youth or even children or in other class settings. How are people using it? It's being used in connection with classes. I think we will continue to see that more and more as we go forward. I love the fact that my predecessor, Elder Snow, Stephen Snow, gave a copy of the book to each of his grandchildren because he wanted each of them personally. And he's even given them little rewards for them reading it because he wants them to have the benefit of knowing the things that he's learned about church history. That's a really cool story. I didn't know the Elder Snow. I knew he was planning to give it as a gift to his grandchildren, but I love that he's got a little incentive program (laughs) working to get them to read it. I got to work on that with my family, I guess, a little bit better. In addition to the printed book, Saints, there's a companion volume, really, of additional material that goes along with it, Church History Topics. Explain to our listeners what Church History Topics are and what are the new ones that will be coming. The idea of the Church History Topics is... Saints is written at a level where we're telling the story. And it's not unusual for people to think, well, I would like to know more about a particular subject that is raised. The church history topics have been written with an eye toward telling those stories. And so if you have more interest with respect to a particular thing that's going on, you can go to those church history topics and learn more. 
And it's interesting. I sometimes will be reading it and think, well, what's the source for that? Mm-hmm. Well, you can go and find out what the source is, and then if you click further, you can read the actual source. And so you've got the gospel topics, you've got the citations to the different sources, and then you can actually read the sources. Now, in addition to people, there will be subjects that will come up that we'll have a church history topic about. And I think that is particularly helpful to get into more of some of the details. It is hard to just read a chapter because there are so many resources. I want to go for more. You can just sit down and read it and get all the stories. It's been so inspiring to go even deeper with these individuals and the topics, and it's been an incredible experience. I would just remind our listeners that you can go right now to saints.churchofjesuschrist.org, and on that page you will see a link that says Church History Topics. If you click on that, all the topics for Volume 1 and Volume 2 will be included in the same place. You'll find everything from Adam on Diamond to Zion's Camp. You'll find Louisa Barnes-Pratt and Amanda Barnes-Smith and Joseph Smith and George Q. Cannon and Indian Servitude and Plural Marriage in Early Utah and on and on and on. These are fantastic resources. Don't miss out on that. In addition, in your Gospel Library under the Church History section, you'll find the the exact same topics. Oh, I agree. Those are wonderful resources. And we've talked about how the writing has really made this volume accessible to everyone. What else is being done to make the volume accessible, I mean, around the world as far as publications or languages? The first obvious thing is uh, it's very affordable and that online we're giving it away. Anyone that wants to go there and read it. There is a real effort also in terms of translation to translate it into languages that will be available to people. I think also these podcasts help build awareness with respect to it. And I love the fact that in the podcasts, you go into some greater detail and give some more background. We've got such a fun lineup this year on the Saints podcast. We have writers, historians, archivists, other specialists in church history, general authorities, general board members. We've really got some exciting stuff coming up, even members of the Shoshone Nation to come and talk about their people. It's going to be a fabulous season, and I hope our listeners will join us and learn more about uh, what's coming up with Saints Volume 2. So in your unique position as the church historian, what are people saying, especially senior brethren or other people in general leadership, what are they saying about Saints Volume 2? As part of the process, we share where we're going with this, and there has been great enthusiasm for us to tell about the goodness of the people and to let the lives of the people show through in what we are writing. There are tremendous faith that is shown as this people moved from the Midwest and came from other countries to try to carve out an existence in a place where there were certainly many challenges. As we have shared what we're doing with those with whom we work, it's been very gratifying to see their appreciation for what is going to be told. Elder Curtis, as we finish up our episode today, can you maybe share with us your testimony of the history of our church and how has the history of our church affected you and your testimony? I love the way that as our testimonies are developed, we continue to add new layers to the testimony. 
I had one of my missionaries in Italy describe it as adding another layer to the lasagna of his testimony (laughs) as a new spiritual experience would happen. And for me, reading volume two of Saints and learning more church history generally does that for me. You read about a particular instance on the plains of great faith and devotion or someone giving up what they had in Europe to come to Zion. Or you read about the missionaries who, under difficult circumstances, left. And then the spiritual manifestations that came. Just over and over again, I find more and more layers being added to the lasagna of my testimony. And it happens through seeing experiences of those that we sustain as prophets and apostles. But it also happens as we see faithful mothers and fathers and just devoted laborers in the kingdom of God moving forward. I am excited for what's going to happen for people as they get another volume of saints. Thank you so much, Elder Curtis, for being here with us today and for all that you do as the church historian. We appreciate you taking time to visit with us. Just remind our listeners, you can always send us a question or reach out by emailing saintspodcast at churchofjesuschrist.org. You can always see the topics that we've talked about, the videos today, by going to saints.churchofjesuschrist.org. I'm Ben Godfrey. And I'm Shailen Back. Thank you so much for listening. 